Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family-owned and operated, a no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere, and always home of the free maintenance for life. Y'all ready for this? This is the Gimme the Hogs Chuck podcast presented by Weikert Realtors, the Griffin Company. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. He is a loathsome, offensive brute, yet I can't look away. This is the business we've chosen. Gimme the Hogs Chuck! Welcome in. Glad you're with us for this weekend edition of the Gimme the Hogs Chuck podcast presented by Weikert Realtors, the Griffin Company. We got a lot going on this weekend. Razorbacks got a big game tomorrow. We've got other Southeastern Conference basketball games, a lot of pro football. The divisional round of the NFL playoffs is here. Games to talk about there. So uh, glad you're around. And we're going to begin with hoops today as the Razorbacks prepare to take on the Ole Miss Rebels. Big game for both sides. Unfortunately, Arkansas finds itself in a group of teams, a cluster, if you will, that sits one and five in conference play. Now, the good news for Arkansas is they got a chance to do some climbing, and perhaps in short order. Uh, Ole Miss is 1-5-2. Arkansas plays them tomorrow. LSU's in that group at 1-5. So, um, you know, the Razorbacks have an opportunity to make up some ground. As we have seen, it is awfully difficult to win on the road, no matter who you're playing, where you're playing. It is difficult to win on the road. And as Arkansas has found out in the early going, they're not going to play any road games this year when nobody's there. You know, the only team in our league where the Razorbacks go where there might not be a big crowd, South Carolina. They're not drawing anybody right now. LSU drew a big crowd. Uh, Vanderbilt certainly drew a big crowd the other day. Auburn did. And Missouri did on Wednesday night. So it's going to be tough to win ball games on the road. Got to take care of business at home. And uh, we're going to talk some basketball. Scotty Bordelon of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette covers the Razorbacks for Whole Hog Sports is going to join us coming up in just a few moments. First, though, I want to talk to those of you who are either considering buying or selling a home. And I know it's a big venture. It's a big move. For most folks, it's the most money you'll ever spend in your life. That's why you want somebody on your side of the table who knows exactly what they're doing. And that's where my friends at Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company, come in. They've got the best training program in the business. So when you have a Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company agent on your side, you've got the best trained agent in the business. And that allows them to, number one, understand the market in a way most people don't. When you do that, it allows you to be a great negotiator. Whether you're a seller or a buyer, that's important. It's important to have someone on your side that understands that because that's what gets you to contract to close. And whether you're a seller or a buyer, that's where you want to be at the end of the day. That was my experience with Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company. I partnered with them to sell a home, partnered with them to buy a home. Sometimes they exceeded my expectations. And I think that's going to be your experience as well. Now, they've got an office in Fayetteville. They're in Springdale, Bentonville, Fort Smith. They've recently opened an office in Branson, Missouri. You're going to see their yellow signs all over town. That means they're moving homes. And you can log on to WeikertGriffin.com. I can't take the hog. Don't give me the hog tonight. <laughs> don't give me the hog tonight. Sterling's thinking with his wallet tonight. Don't give me the hog, Chuck. Yeah, don't give me the hog tonight, Chuck. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from the NFL and bowl season to esports. You'll find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. 
Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B L E A V. Bet Online, where the game starts. You bet. All right, let's just jump right in it today. Scotty Bordelon covers the basketball Razorbacks for the Arkansas Democrat Gazette for WholeHogSports.com. Scotty, welcome. I know you're a numbers guy, and I want to start with the numbers as it relates to turnovers. I've been of the opinion for a couple of weeks now that really turnovers are what's playing in this team more than anything else. What do the numbers tell you about that? Yeah, I think that that's spot on, and, you know, Going back to when Eric was at Nevada for his four years, the Sweet 16 team that he had, you know, led the country in in turnover rate. I think they were, I think they were somewhere around 13 and a half percent, which is incredible. And this Arkansas team is his highest turnover rate team that he's had as a college head coach. And so that's that's pretty problematic. And then you couple the fact that the team, you know, really struggles to to shoot the ball from the perimeter. Um, that that. Obviously, that creates a lot of problems. But I think in in SEC play, I think that turnover rate's up over twenty one percent. And if you zoom out and you look at kind of the the scope of college basketball in general, you look at some teams that are turning the ball over at about twenty one percent. It's you know UNC Asheville and Incarnate Word and schools like that, like schools that you know you'd rather not be in you know the same conversation with. So. Um, it's, it's definitely an issue. And, you know, I think that, that if Arkansas wants to start having, you know, some success in league play, they've got to have guys like AB and Devo be a little bit more mindful with the basketball. I mean, I think Devo, I looked up the other night, Devo's got 15 turnovers in SEC play, which if you think about it over six games, isn't that bad, but against Missouri, he had 11. And so there's, there's four other games in league play where he's, you know, averaging right around a turnover a game, which is really ideal for a guy that handles the ball a lot. Um, you know, I think AB, he's he's growing right now in this league and trying to figure things out, just like a lot of the other guys are. And I think he's been at about four. Um, I think he's a little bit over four in the last four turnovers in the last five games. So um, your primary ball handlers definitely have to um, to value possession a little bit more. So I think Arkansas, they could see an uptick in, in offensive efficiency if they just get a shot up. Um, if they get a shot on the rim because they've, they've been pretty good you know, on the offensive glass, giving themselves second chances. Um, but you can only get a shot up if you don't turn the ball over. So um, it's kind of, a, kind of a quandary there. You know, you, uh, you pointed out in your article after the Missouri game, and I didn't realize this, that of Missouri's final 13 points, nine of them came – what were technically off turnovers. Now, the points came at the right. foul line, but the possession came as a result of turnovers. And it seems like, you know, not only is the number high, they seem to come at pretty inopportune times. And, and at least in terms of Wednesday, it seemed like that was the case. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you look at the – thing, Missouri ended up with 31 points off turnovers the other night, and they had 18 in the first half, which – you know, if Arkansas could have cut that number in half, they're going into the locker room with a, you know, 
possibly a double-digit lead, you know. And in the second half, they did a pretty good job taking care of the ball. I think they only had seven second-half turnovers. Um, I think four of them came in, like, the back half of the second half. Um, you know, I think the, the, the Devo offensive foul that the SEC has, has come out and said that there was an error made and how that, you know, how that whole thing was, was handled in terms of officiating. And then, you know, it's it's unfortunate that that happened because when Devo fouled out, Jalen Graham had to come in, and then Jalen Graham ends up with the turnover on the baseline, you know, following the free throws that, that Kobe Brown made after Devo fouled out. So it's it was – yeah, it was tough. I mean, it's just um, – it's, it's like you looked at the lineup that was on the floor the other night. It was, I think it was AB, Pinion, Darian Ford, Jalen Graham, and uh, maybe I can't remember who the fifth was, but it was a lineup, you know, that Arkansas probably hadn't floored, I would imagine, more than maybe five possessions all season. Um, and that's a, t- that's a group that you're trying to close a game out with on the road. Um, and so it, it wasn't all that surprising that that kind of turnovers, you know, popped up late in that game. Um, just, just, yeah, it was. You kind of feel for Jalen Graham because you know he he comes comes into the game and he, he gets a touch you know along the baseline in a spot that you know he you know probably feels like he he's pretty confident he can get a score and then you know Nick Honor he's just so he just he basically came up underneath Jalen for a steal um, but yeah turnovers are definitely an issue and um, they they've got to find a way to to get that cleaned up because that's that's I think that's definitely their biggest Achilles heel right now. Different subject. I know you watch a lot of college basketball. It's been trending this way, and maybe it's just me, but it seems to be more glaring than ever that, you know, ball games are lasting a long time. It's a parade to the free throw line in the final three or four minutes of the ball game. It is not uncommon at all in Arkansas's won games like this to see teams that don't make a field goal for the last four minutes of the game, but they still win because they hit yeah. their free throws at the end. I, is is am I wrong in thinking that this is kind of at the point now where it's like wow I mean they play 36 minutes in a ball game and then the last four is just a parade to the foul line. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. And then you, I mean, I was covering the game from home on Wednesday night, and the game that came on, or the game that was on before Arkansas, I think ran a little bit long too. And so I, I was honestly, I was listening to the radio call because I couldn't find it on on TV or on the ESPN app or anything. And it's that that part of it's kind of frustrating too. Um, yeah, you're you're right. I mean, teams can, um, yeah, teams can go long stretches without hitting a shot, but they can still be putting points on the board. I just, I don't, I don't know. It's it's it seems like every other game in the league, like there's like you're tracking fifty fouls in the first half, like I remember the Alabama game, I think they were well over 25 in the first half and the first half took forever. And then the second half, I think there, I don't think there were quite as many whistles, but I still think he got over, got close to 50, maybe a little bit over 50. And yeah, it just seems like a parade to the line. And, you know, I think a lot of people want to see, I think they want a little bit of physicality to happen. It's just part of the game. They'd rather watch that than, you know, somebody step to the free throw line and go through their free throw routine and get get those free throws up. But yeah, I think it's just it's it's part of the game. You know, I'm I'm on one hand, I'm kind of glad that the officials are going to the monitor to look at stuff. But it's when they get there, it's their job to get it right, and everything's got to be communicated properly. And I've I've kind of had this thought in the last you know several weeks, I guess. 
Um, you know, I watch a little bit of the NBA because I'm a Suns fan, and the coaches in the NBA have a challenge that they can use. And I'm wondering, um, I'm wondering what some of the coaches' thoughts would be on having that one challenge per game. You know, if you obviously you got to be, you know, you got to be smart about when you use it. Um, but I think, like, if Arkansas had a a challenge the other night, that Eric would have used it on that that call on Devo and then the play has to be reviewed um, and then they have to go look at it. Uh, just some, something like that. Like, I just think that a, a coach's challenge, maybe one a game uh, could maybe be, be advantageous because, um, you know, he might've used it on the Makai Mitchell foul too the other night. Like that one was, you know, you go back and look at it on replay. It looks, it looks kind of egregious. Like you're wondering where the foul was at all. Um, I just, I think coaches, I'd be curious to see what they think about that because I think, um, I think ball games could be swung one way or the other just by um, the coaches having a little say. So, you know, telling the officials to go look at, at one play in particular. We've gotten a decent sample size now in terms of the Southeastern Conference. Um, we kind of knew Alabama and Tennessee were going to be good. Kentucky looked like they were falling off the face of the earth, and then they go to Knoxville and win. Uh, what's your yeah. take on the conference right now? Yeah, I think it's Alabama and then Tennessee at the top. I think that's pretty pretty clear cut, and I would probably even put um, Alabama in that top tier, and then maybe Tennessee, maybe a drop lower. That was that that loss to Kentucky the other day was a little bit concerning. I mean, you kind of know that you've got to handle Oscar Sheebway anytime you play Kentucky, and I thought Tennessee they've got the Platchish kid who's is plenty physical enough to handle. Um, Oscar for at least stretches. I mean, you're never going to minimize the guy completely. Um, their guard, Tennessee's guard play is really good. I think Brandon Miller is. I think he's the best player in the league, hands down. He might be the best shooter in the in the upcoming draft. Um, he's just been he's been pretty phenomenal. From there, it's kind of a crapshoot. I mean, I'm kind of kind of surprised that Texas A&M, you know, has gotten off to the start that they're off to in league play. I don't know that their schedule has necessarily been the toughest. Like I would love to see what what Texas A and M would have done with the stretch that Arkansas started league play with, but um, I think right now I think Joe Lenardi. Last time I looked, I think he's tracking five SEC teams in the tournament. I think that's including Arkansas for now. Um, I'm going to be curious to see where where his his latest projections are with Arkansas, but um, I think if, our, if if the league could get five, maybe six teams in the league, I think that that sounds about right. But I think Alabama's heads and shoulders better than everybody else. And then, um, you know, I think Tennessee is, is really, really dangerous, too, when they're playing well and, and their guards are knocking down shots. All right, let's talk about Arkansas and for a moment, specifically Ole Miss tomorrow and, and maybe into next week, too. There's a group of teams at one and five. Arkansas is in that group. Ole Miss is in that group. LSU's in that group. Ole Miss at home uh, Saturday, LSU at home on Tuesday night. It, it seems like if Arkansas is going to get – you know, back in the thick of things, so to speak. Um, you know, three straight home conference ball games. It's time to do that. Yeah, there's there's no doubt about it. I mean, this it seems like you know coaches a lot of times like to say that the biggest game on the schedule is the next one, but I think that is absolutely the case for Arkansas. And it's it's interesting because Ole Miss comes in one and five, but their one win was earlier this week on the road. I mean, it was at South Carolina, I think, which South Carolina's not that great. But then again, South Carolina went to Kentucky and won. 
and it's never easy to do that no matter you know how good of a team or how bad of a team Kentucky's got it's really hard and I think Arkansas has got to limit Matthew Morrell he's their their go-to guy um, he's kind of a high volume shooter um, efficiency kind of leaves something to be desired I think it just seems like an ideal matchup for Eric to put Devo on on Morrell and I was listening to the the pregame show and the, the interview you did with you did with Eric before the Missouri game the other night and he was talking about how great of a job that Devo's done kind of taking away you know the opposing team's best player and I think that Devo's got to have another one of those games where um, his defense really stands out above everything else and he limits Morrell's touches if at all possible and just kind of turns it into a four on four game is I think if I think Eric would be would be more than happy with, you know, Devo taking out um, you know, Ole Miss's best player and kind of tying one of their hands behind their back and trying to make somebody else beat them. I think that's that's kind of the ideal plan there. Um yeah, I think it, it starts with, with Devo's kind of defensive intensity. Like we've seen for stretches this year, he's been been really phenomenal, but you know, you get through Saturday and you know, you got to face a, an LSU team at, at home that's got some good players. And I think Arkansas would be really hungry to, to get a win in that game, too, because I, there's no doubt in my mind that they feel like they should have won in Baton Rouge in that opener. It's just if they would have knocked down maybe one or two more jumpers or just got a, a layup to fall in transition um, on one or two other chances. You know, I think they're they're starting off SEC play with a win and maybe, you know, Maybe the what the rest of, of the schedule that we've seen to this point play has would have played out a little bit differently. So yeah, it's a big stretch for this team. I think the a big thing too is, you know, three point shooting's been an issue for Arkansas for a lot of, you know, the league schedule. But they've I think they're shooting forty percent in their last two games from three. And so if they can continue that at home, limit turnovers and then, you know, kind of slow uh, Matthew Morell, I think they've got a they've got a really good chance to you know, maybe you know, get a, a get right game under their belt, and and maybe you know, build some confidence moving forward. Because you know, you, even if you get through that LSU game next week, you got to go to Baylor, and Baylor is one of the best you know offensive teams, um, and are in a really really good Big Twelve. So we'll, we'll see. All right, last question: Eleven a.m. tip off tomorrow. I know sports writers and sports media people who haven't been up before noon in years. I know other sports writers and sports media people who love early games because of the the early, you know, the deadline and you've got an opportunity to maybe write more stories about the game. Which, which category do you fall into? You know, Chuck, we've got kids in our house and they're getting us up at 5.30 or 6 anyway, so I don't mind the early tip-off. And, uh, you know, I've kind of got it scheduled out in the past, Um I can typically be home about five hours after tip-off. So if that if that happens on Saturday, looking at like four o'clock back at the house, you know, I can watch some primetime games at home. I have no problem with it. The thing is, though, I really like. It, it's kind of unfortunate that the first Saturday home game in league play is at eleven a.m. You would love for that to be maybe five six o'clock in the evening, kind of let the the crowd build up. Um, but I, th- I think there's still going to probably be a pretty good crowd. Um, that's kind of the only thing that I don't like about the the 11 a.m. tip is that maybe the crowd won't be, you know, maybe as as raucous as it as it would, you know, if it was a maybe a mid afternoon or, or an evening game. Scotty, always enjoy talking to you. Thanks for making time today. 
Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on again, Chuck. Appreciate you. It's getting to the point where I'm no fun anymore. I am sorry. Sometimes it hurts so badly I must cry out loud. You're listening to the Gimme the Hogs Chuck podcast presented by White Curd Realtors, the Griffin Company. All right, thanks to Scotty for being with us. Always enjoy his insight. Numbers don't tell you all the story, but numbers get you started in a big way. And a lot of times they will tell the complete story. And I'm always interested in reading Scotty's articles and, uh, you know, what the numbers tell us in the aftermath. I know the most important number right now is one, and that's the number of wins Arkansas has in conference play, and you got to improve on that tomorrow. Now, there is that group at one and five, as we mentioned a few moments ago. LSU's coming in here on Tuesday night. They are at home tomorrow afternoon against Tennessee. Ninth-ranked Tennessee on the road in Baton Rouge. That's a 3 o'clock game on ESPN. There are actually some really good SEC games tomorrow. A lot of them are in the daytime. Of course, Arkansas and Ole Miss start early. Texas A&M. Scotty mentioned them a minute ago. We've talked about A&M a lot. Surprisingly, they are 5-0 and in the league. They've won seven straight ball games. They're 13-5 and overall. They go to Kentucky tomorrow. Uh, Sheboy's coming alive. They really... You know, Georgia had them right where they wanted them at halftime the other night at Lexington, and then Sheboy kind of took over in the second half. Is that, you know, is that a signal of a resurgence of Kentucky? Is Texas A&M going to be able to go on the road and stay unbeaten in conference play? That one starts at 1, and the rate it's going, Arkansas will have about 30 minutes left in their game at 1 o'clock, so uh, you'll probably be able to pick that one up somewhere along the way. But but that's got the potential. We mentioned Tennessee and LSU at 3. Alabama goes to Missouri. That's a 5 o'clock game on the SEC Network. Alabama's ranked 4th in the country. They've really hit their stride. You know, they struggled some here and there anyway in non-conference play. But, man, since the league's opened, Alabama's hit their stride. But Missouri's good at home. You know, Missouri's good at home. They've won all their home games, lost all their road games. Uh, You know, they beat Kentucky pretty soundly in Columbia to start conference play, a lot more soundly than they beat the Razorbacks. So, um, you know, Alabama's got a test there. And, you know, if Alabama goes to Missouri, comes out of this thing unbeaten, um, you know, that's going to be a big win for the Crimson Tide. They've shown early on they can win on the road. I mean, they won here. And it's not a tough place to win. Not many people do it. Missouri's not quite as tough traditionally in terms of the home floor, but I can tell you Missouri's atmosphere the other night was as good as anybody's. And Alabama's going to face a good atmosphere in that game tomorrow night, but I'll still bet Alabama goes up there and wins the game. Hey, if you're one of those people who likes to put a little wager on the game that you're watching, maybe your favorite team, you really need to download the Bet Saracen app. It's Arkansas's favorite sports betting app. And it's that way for a reason. Now, I know there are Vegas odds, and I also know that if you're going to play them legally, you got to be in Vegas. And I also know that there are Arkansas laws that prevent a lot of these national betting apps from operating within the borders of our state. So that means if you're going to be the most informed, you've got to download the Bet Saracen app. It's very easy. Just download the app. Pretty much anybody can do that now. They've got a how-to-play video. That'll get you started. You'll be ready to go, and you'll see why very quickly it is Arkansas's favorite sports betting app. 
All right, speaking of odds and speaking of wagers and all that stuff, we've got the NFL Divisional Round. It starts tomorrow, 3.30 in the afternoon. The Kansas City Chiefs play host to the upstart and suddenly surging Jacksonville Jaguars. Kansas City's a nine-point favorite, according to the Bet Saracen app. Tomorrow night, the Eagles, the odds-on favorite to win the NFC. Minus seven and a half at home against the Giants. That's at 7.15 on Fox. Now it gets really good on Sunday. Two o'clock in the afternoon. You know, the thing about when you get into the playoffs, they start these games at two in the afternoon, the big games. You don't have to rush home from church or, you know, whatever it is you do Sunday morning. You don't have to rush around to get back for a noon game. They got a two o'clock game. It's on CBS, Cincinnati and Buffalo. Buffalo minus five and a half in that game. And then the Cowboys and the Niners at 5.30 on Fox. San Francisco, a lot of people think they're going to the Super Bowl. They're a four-point favorite in that ball game. The ratings are going to be off the charts. Uh, just the Cowboys-Bucks game the other night was, uh, I think it was the highest-rated wild-card game ever. You know, the NFL's got their act together when it comes to uh, television viewership. And uh, there'll be huge audiences for these ball games, and uh, I'm looking forward to watching them, and I'm sure you're looking forward to watching them as well. Basketball first, though. That's where we start tomorrow. Got to get around early. It's an 11 o'clock tip, and um, then you got a 10:30 pregame along the Razorback Sports Network. It actually works out pretty well. You can go to the game, watch the game, however you're going to view it, listen to it, whatever. You got the NFL games in the afternoon. Some of the better SEC games are in the afternoon. So it ought to be a good day. Hope you enjoy it. Hope you have a great weekend. It's been a good week. Our thanks to our presenting sponsor, Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company, and, of course, Bet Saracen and the Bet Saracen app. Most of all, thanks to you for listening. We're back on Monday. Razorback legend Matt Jones will join us then. Hope you will, too. Can you hear me? Give me an L. Give me a G. Give me an F. What's that spell? Give me the hug. Chuck. <laughs> this podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.